Jesus turns the world system upside down. Let's talk about it on today's episode of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, and I hope that your Monday is a promising one uh, and that your weekend went well. I hope you come into the week rested and uh, uh, with a uh, heart full of new energy and focus. Uh, We're continuing on in Luke's gospel today. Uh, Today we're in a teaching um, uh, that mirrors a teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, This passage is commonly called the Beatitudes. And uh, we'll be looking at verses 17 through 26 today. Um, the Beatitudes themselves, the, the refrains, are kind of come in couplets. Jesus makes a statement that um, then is followed up by a secondary statement. And um, in so many ways, he takes statements that seem unusual and couples them together. Um, and so we'll kind of touch on that as we go through the passage um, but also there's some things about the way that Jesus interacts with people that I think are unique in, in the first part of this passage, and we'll touch on that as well. Uh, so um, before we begin to study together, let's uh, approach the throne and uh, speak to the Father. Heavenly Father, today is a new day, and you are Lord of it. Help us, Jesus, as we Start this day to keep our focus on you. Uh, It seems each and every day uh, there are things challenging for our attention and um, uh, distracting us from staying focused on you. Uh, Lord, we know that today will be productive and good and useful if we first stay focused on and connected to you. And so help us do that. Uh, We pray, Lord God, that your spirit would um, be richly alive and present in our lives today. And uh, Lord, we pray that you would help us uh, model a good and Christ-like example for those around us uh, in our work, in our words, in our attitudes, in our actions. These are divided times, Lord, and... It seems as a country, as a culture, uh, we're gunning for each other, and there's a dramatic lack of understanding and a lack of civility and a lack of concern for other people's feelings and thoughts, and all of those things matter, but what matters more, Jesus, is you, and uh, so help us to listen, help us to understand, help us to uh, be like you in the world today, we pray, Jesus. Uh, at the end of the day, none of this earthly stuff's going to matter much at all because we'll have an eternity to face. And uh, if we reckon our hearts with you now, if we make peace with you now, if we know you now, uh, our eternity will not be a looming question mark. It will be something we look forward to with great hope and expectation. And eternity begins now if we're walking with you because the kingdom begins now. And we give you thanks for that. Father, teach us through your word today, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right, Luke chapter 6, verses 17 through 26. He went down with them and stood on a level place. 
A large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, and from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured, and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. Some powerful words here. These are some powerful statements, and they frame the context of our lives here in a unique way. Um, Jesus is framing the context around the call to be kingdom people first. And basically, the Beatitudes say, hey, if you're a kingdom person, then blessed are you if this. And if you are this thing, you will receive this thing. (laughs) And so he's reframing uh, uh, the context. He's reframing what life here for believers should look like in light of the kingdom of God being present and uh, so we'll look into those in a second. I love the way that Luke begins this passage. Uh, it's very communal. It says that Jesus went down with them. That would be the large crowd of his disciples and those onlookers who were there seeking healing. Um, he went down with them. And then I think it's interesting that Luke tells us he stood on a level place. Um, the impression I have of that is that Jesus was on ground level with the people. He wasn't standing up on some rocks or up on a hill or out on a boat. And we've seen him do those things. And we've seen him out on a boat so that he's sort of front and center and everyone around can see him. And also, I think too, logistically, uh, wherever Jesus was, (laughs) he was being crowded around. And so when he had important things to say, uh, sometimes he had to get out a little ways in order to to say them. Uh, But in this particular instance, Luke says he stood on a level place. And I think that's important. I think Jesus was saying, I'm with you. I I understand. I connect with your journey. I'm in this with you together. I'm I'm walking this human life. And I understand. And uh, I want you to know that um, uh, we're, we're together in this. I'm not elevating myself. I'm not, I am not tooting my own horn. I am not um, self-congratulatory and making myself, uh, you know, uh, superior to those who are listening to me. I'm with you. And I think that's a very important thing um, for him to say, I want to identify, I want to be closely connected to you. I want to be where the people are. And then it says a large crowd of his disciples was there and a great number of people from all over the place. Uh, They'd come to heal him, hear him, but they had also come to be healed of their diseases. Now, 
I might wonder for some of those people in the crowd if if they were listening, but all the while praying that this would be a short one <laughs> so Jesus would get to the healings uh, because they were so desperate to be well. And I'm, I'm sure God understands that. And I'm sure knowing their hearts, he sees their true desire. Not that they're ignoring what he wants to say and ignoring his teaching, but they want to get on to that healing so they can get well and they can live a full and happy and productive life. Uh, not hindered by the things uh, that typically have held them back. But it does say that they had come to hear him. And so they were spiritually hungry to hear his teaching. And throughout Luke's gospel and the other gospels, we hear that when Jesus taught, the people often said, it's amazing. He teaches as one with authority. And so they sensed the spiritual power coming from Jesus' words as he taught. But I am confident they were hungry for that healing touch as well. Now, Luke makes special mention that those troubled by impure spirits, different passages call that a, an evil spirit. Uh, Luke says those troubled by impure spirits were cured. Those being harassed and oppressed, and in some cases possessed by evil spirits, were cured of that affliction. Uh, and set free spiritually to be fully alive in all that God intended them to be. And uh, in 19, Luke says, all the people tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Imagine that scene for a moment. Who would not press in? (laughs) We all have our stuff. I'd have been making a beeline to Jesus. I'd have seen that power emitting from him and I would have been making a beeline. And I think the reality is in worship. When we sense a spiritually powerful move of God in our presence, we make a beeline for Jesus, don't we? We make a beeline for Jesus. We move in his direction because we see power coming from him. In different ways, these people saw the physically manifested presence of Jesus and the physically manifested presence of his power, but they moved in his direction. And we do the same thing when we see his spiritual power at work. And then into the teaching about the Beatitudes, uh, we'll touch on a few and, and kind of make a point. He says, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. In this culture, we crush the poor. The poor aren't going anywhere. Theirs is the kingdom of the gutter, the kingdom of the street, the kingdom of the throwaway. And Jesus says, oh no, not in God's kingdom. The poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now. For you will be satisfied. The hungry seem never to be satisfied. They go on day after day begging on the corner for just a few coins. Desperate for a meal. Desperate to make it through the day. Sharing the network of where the free meals at churches and other community centers are. That's how the poor behave now. But Jesus promises something altogether different. If you're hungry now in the kingdom of God, you'll be satisfied. And he's not talking just about physical hunger. He's talking about spiritual hunger. He's talking about hunger for a life that means something. Hunger for fulfillment in life. Hunger for uh, life to mean something more than just the daily grind. You'll be satisfied in the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who weep now. <laughs> you, you will laugh one day. That, that's a beautiful one. If life has broken you, 
If you face nothing but pain and suffering and hardship and affliction, and you've had your fair share of moments of just weeping it out, Jesus promises that in his kingdom, when you become a child of God and the kingdom of God, you will laugh, you will dance, the weeping will be turned into laughter, you will be filled with the joy of God, the joy of heaven. And he goes on to share a few more things. And then he says uh, some woes. Woes are these warnings. And there's some people that he warns. He says, woe to you who are rich now, for you've already received your comfort. If your wealth is getting in the way of God, if your wealth is standing in the way of you reckoning your heart with the God of the universe, then... Jesus is warning you. You've been comforted. You've received your reward. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. You think you've got everything you need? All right. Maybe you do, but maybe you don't. And maybe overlooking the kingdom of God will leave you hungry later. Blessed are you. Woe to you who laugh now. For you will mourn and weep later. Um, These warnings flip uh, the context on its head as well. In our ultra-competitive culture, where people scratch and claw and climb their way to the top, overlooking what they're doing to others ethically, um, Jesus says, warning, (laughs) be alerted. Uh, you're getting what you're getting now. You're getting your reward. Don't be expecting uh, a glorious future if you've climbed all over people and used people and been unjust. You've gotten your reward in this life. What a beautiful teaching. And I cling to the blessings that he promises to those who have struggled now. And if you've struggled and I've struggled And I've faced some pain and I've faced some affliction. And sometimes it's been of my own making. And sometimes I had nothing to do with it, but I faced it. And if you've faced it and you've encountered times of weeping and you've encountered times of hunger, and there's been times when you've just been so poor of spirit, you just can't hang on for another day. Jesus promises a bright and glorious future in his kingdom. And... um, What a great teaching, and it's encouraging, and I cling to these promises. And I love the way that Jesus is revealed in the scriptures. My friends, be encouraged today by these teachings, and I pray that as you go about your day, you will see the mighty, beautiful hand of Jesus at work in your life. God bless and take care.